On today's show, it's time to talk about Damian Lillard again. And if there is a mystery Eastern Conference team talking to the Portland Trailblazers, could it be Milwaukee? It's been an interesting few weeks for the Bucks, And I think the Lillard storyline has gone under the radar a little bit. But let's dive back in, see what, what it means for the Bucks and potentially what it could mean for other teams across the Eastern Conference. Let us know what you think, Damian Lillard to the Bucks. It has been a dream of some fans throughout the summer. Backs him down. see and hear me on this show and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network is Justin Garcia for today's episode that is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And of course, uh, we always thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday. And this has been one of the topics of the summer when it comes to Damian Lillard. So we're going to dive into all the aspects of that storyline today and hopefully get the feedback from the listeners. But to do so, make sure you subscribe, rate, drop a comment, a like, subscribe, uh, and maybe most importantly, turn the notifications on. I mentioned we're going to have a live podcast at some point this week. Later in the week, Frank's going to be here. We've got other stuff coming up, a crossover podcast with the Knicks tomorrow. We want to talk about wider trade candidates for this Milwaukee Bucks team that maybe aren't named Damian Lillard. So there's plenty of content we've got coming on Locked on Bucks, and we appreciate everyone's support with that. Uh, one other housekeeping note, uh, my audio has not been... <laughs> Look, it hasn't been up to scratch since I returned to Australia. Uh, all I can say is my podcasting gear did not make the journey back to Australia in 100% uh, full health. So I'm in the process of getting uh, some some more gear. And look, I will say this, Justin, over four years with my uh, road setup, uh, I, I estimate about 1,300 podcasts. I don't think I can complain, even if I still am a little bit upset about it. No, um, it's a good run, and um, I, you should get some type of uh, endorsement uh, deal for whatever uh, equipment <laughs> it was that you used to just speak to the longevity and how much it, it held up and, and all the work that you did with it. Well, I accept uh, any endorsement deals uh, <laughs> of that nature, so I appreciate that, but uh, bear with me there. We're going to work out on that over the next week or so. I'm just trying to figure out uh, what I'm going to do in terms of equipment, but apologies for any audio uh, standards dropping here over the last week. But let's talk about Damian Lillard. So the news of this week, and I do think if you've been keeping up to date with national basketball storylines, it's been all about Giannis. And we understand that. We've discussed that at length on this podcast. But I still think for right now, for the story today, the biggest angle of this offseason remains Damian Lillard. And it's a storyline that is unresolved at this point. Uh, were you surprised at all that now we're starting to see various reports that there are other Eastern Conference teams, whether it's one or multiple, that are asking the question of Portland. Because I think this whole time we've discussed Damian Lillard, 
Miami. But you needed some other suitors to really ramp up the pressure on this thing. The regular season is coming along very, very quickly. So maybe this is the point where everything escalates. Um, not totally surprised. I, I guess to be I guess we should start with this too. I'm not convinced it's legitimate. And even if it's not a good job by Portland to at least say, all right, we've kind of uh, lost some momentum and this has gone stagnant. So let's kick up some interest here. Um, But no, I'm not surprised, especially because it had been so quiet on that front for what, uh, six weeks, basically, where we thought something was going to happen shortly uh, after the draft. And uh, then it just kind of died on the vine. So that part of it doesn't surprise me. Um, but just digging into, and I haven't done too much. I just remember seeing that quote this morning of a mystery team has emerged and and immediately thinking, who could that be? Because there's other teams that you could look at the assets and say, well, this team would have the assets to, to pull it off, but I don't think they're at the timeline where you would acquire a Damian Lillard. And as we'll get to the bucks are on the opposite end of that where timeline fits. Sure. But what are the assets? So I think the question from a Milwaukee perspective is because, again, I referenced the Giannis storylines and all the discussions around him. So I think when people talk about Eastern Conference teams, there has been an assumption from certain circles that, well, it must be Milwaukee because they're now feeling under pressure. I've said this a few times on this show. I, I don't really subscribe to that theory that, Whatever quotes have been out in the media and the Giannis discussion that is now ramping up and gets everyone excited from a national perspective about superstars moving teams, we know nothing drives the news circle more than that. But I'm not really a subscriber to the theory that all of a sudden the Bucks front office who had their feet up on the desk, hand behind their heads, relaxing, thinking, well, we got Giannis for two more years. We've just signed Chris and Brooke. We can relax. I don't really believe that all of a sudden a New York Times story comes out and they're, they're like, oh, my God, we we better give Portland a call and see if we can get Damian Lillard. I, I don't see that that is a reaction. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't think this is um, – I don't think it's that. So I guess just first and foremost, I don't think the Bucks are this mystery team if there is a mystery team. Um, and I don't think even if they were, it's not because, oh, man – as you kind of alluded to, man, Giannis has been pretty vocal and we got to do something to to make him want to stay here. Like, I don't think this is a reactionary move or would lead to a re- reactionary move by the Bucs. Um, you know, look, I didn't think that they had the assets to get Drew Holiday, but this is a little different with Damian yeah. Lillard. Uh, but still, having said that, I don't think if you could inject anybody that that you could speak to within the front office with truth serum, I don't think anybody there would tell you that they were blindsided or or caught off guard or surprised by these comments from Giannis. I mean, number one, he's not saying I'm leaving, which is the immediate rush to judgment and the, oh, he's not signing the extension. Uh, that must mean he's leaving here. He's, he said, I'm not going to sign it this what fall, which none of us anticipated. But everything else that he said there, I mean, I, I think to a man, people within the organization would tell you, I'm not surprised, and that basically you know, is what Giannis should be saying, or at least that is how he should be viewing this. So I don't think this is a Bucks are going to be the mystery team because of what Giannis said that they're now extra motivated to bring in Damian Lillard or another superstar just to show him, hey, we're committed to winning. Well, I do think you're right, but I think it does at least again uh, make you think, as we have on multiple times, 
uh, through this offseason about uh, can the Bucs actually even get in the mix when you consider other teams that could get involved in this trade scenario? And I, I think the key word that you mentioned in your uh, first convo, uh, conversation point there was just the assets. And we look at the Bucs and say, well, the asset pool is not very deep. I think one thing to at least discuss or look at, and we've heard this a little bit over the last week, maybe as we've looked at the value of the 2029 first round pick in the past, we say, okay, well, what does that actually really mean? What does that look like? And maybe there are some teams out there that are thinking that that could have some serious value. And maybe that is something, if it's not for Damian Lillard, the Bucks can use moving forward because we do think, again, that there might be some kind of move with this roster at some point. Uh, whether it's a superstar in the caliber of Damian Lillard. So I want to dive into the idea of would a Damian Lillard trade even make sense for the Bucs? And I know a lot of our listeners are like, what the hell are you asking that question for? Of course it would. So we're going to get to that next. But first, we'll talk about Jace Medical, the sponsor of today's podcast. And uh, everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping you have access to the medication in an emergency. Uh, it could be traveling like I have in the past. And we all know sometimes uh, medical attention can be hard to find when you're not in a familiar surrounding. So Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught underprepared. Save more than 360 bucks by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks off by using the code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. I referenced it earlier, but uh, we've got some cool stuff coming up on Locked On Bucks this week. And the only way you can keep up to date is if you subscribe, turn the notifications on and get involved in the show. Uh, Nick's crossover tomorrow. We'll probably talk about Giannis again. Let's be honest. I think those guys in New York are fairly fascinated about the situation with the Bucks right now. But the Knicks, an interesting team. Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, we're going to do a live podcast as well at some point and another episode with further uh, trade candidates for Milwaukee. So subscribe to Locked On Bucks to keep up to date with all that. So would a Damian Lillard trade actually make sense? So I think the first thing we should tick off the list here is that Chris Milton and Brooke Lopez, after signing in the offseason, they're not eligible for trade until December 15, which is still a fair way away from where we are now at the back end of September. And I would suggest, it certainly feels like the way that this is going to ramp up. Well, let me just ask you this first. Do you see Damian Lillard on the Portland Trailblazers on December 15th? Um, you know, <laughs> I I think uh, a, a day ago, I would have said, you know what, maybe uh, yes. like 60, 40, yes, he's going to be there. And this is a closer to the trade deadline uh, move that we see with him leaving Portland. But the fact that this, this uh, report or this leak has come out in the last day now shows you that that Portland again is trying to drum up the interesting and increase anything they can get from Miami right. or whoever it is that, that I, I think it's, it's now in the mode of, all right, let's uh, put this back on the forefront here and, uh, and increase these talks. So uh, as of this morning, I would say, no, I don't think he'll be on the Blazers in December. I would probably agree. It was around two months ago. Now I was asked whether I could see, 
both James Harden and Damian Lillard on different teams on opening night. And at that point in time, I said, no, I think there'll be at least one player on the roster. I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if both guys are traded in the next month, within the next month. It does feel like Lillard is probably more likely at this point in time. And especially when you see this ramp up so early. You would be more surprised if both were traded before the season than if both were still on their their current team's roster. Because that's where I am. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, The Harden situation feels like now that... That's going to take some time. Yeah. I actually feel like the situation in Portland, if they don't get a trade done and Lillard returns to Portland, I feel like it's going to be more stable than whatever is going on in Philadelphia. But I feel like it's more likely that Lillard gets traded. Uh, But for Milwaukee, it's worth mentioning the Middleton and Lopez situation now. Again, I don't think the Bucks are trading or making a major trade like that before that point anyway. But you're talking about guys that are on significant salary. Damian Lillard is around 45 mil this year, and it's escalating. He gets up to, I think, a $63 million player option in 2027. So uh, we're talking about a lot of cabbage. And I I think for the Bucs, you then say, well, what does a trade look like? We've discussed the idea. It's probably... Uh, Three-team trades. Obviously, Drew Holiday would have to be involved there. Probably a Bochamp, that 2029 first, most likely. And then you're trying to package things together. I don't think that in isolation is that attractive to Portland. So then it becomes a complicated maneuver with another team getting involved and potentially more draft picks. It does seem like this is pretty far-fetched to imagine the Bucks would do that. I think if I did a poll on the Locked On Bucks YouTube page, it would be heavily in favor of doing so because... Even if you look at Damian Lillard over the last few years and health hasn't been at a premium, 58 games last season, he only played 29 the year before. Yeah, He is uh, now 33 he's, years he's, old. He's basically the exact same age as Drew Holiday. I think it's like three weeks that separate them. So when you, you factor all that in, but he still is a player that if the Bucks found a way to trade for him, we would be on this podcast. Bucks fans all over the world would be talking themselves into the idea of, damn, this is, you talk about duos that the Bucks have had. They haven't had anything like this in recent times, that's for sure, in terms of the absolute star power, scoring power uh, from the outside that Damian Lillard can bring. So I understand why people get excited, but I don't think much has changed in terms of how challenging it would be for the Bucks to get to a point where they could make a transaction. Yeah, I just, uh, and again, uh, I'm not going to say never because you never say that, but um, I just don't see how they could could pull off a deal for Damian Lillard for the asset play. I mean, you talked about what it would have to be, and if you're Portland, I mean, you can make the argument of, well, you'd be saving a lot of money because um, because of Drew's contract situation, and let's just say, the Miami deal happens. I mean, Tyler Hero is going to be in that deal. So regardless of how you feel about taking on that money that Tyler Hero has, he's still a younger asset. And I think, you know, as, as much as some Bucks fans may not want to hear it, Tyler Hero is a better player than we have talked about him for the last couple of weeks that all of a yeah. sudden it just shifted into one direction of because of the way the Portland's roster is currently constructed and to have a guy like Scoot on there already and Anthony Simons that, well, we've already got those positions filled. Tyler Hero isn't really what we need the most. And I think that brought on a lot of, well, actually, Tyler Hero isn't that good. And a lot of this talk that just kind of got way out of balance, that is he as good as we thought he could be in the bubble? Maybe not. I mean, that was a different scenario. 
but he's nowhere near as as bad as I think you've you've heard him discuss the last couple of months. And it really started with that injury and the Heat going on a run without him. So it's still a pretty good asset to have, to have a young player, regardless of how big that contract is, with his ability to create with the ball and his shooting ability. That's still a nice asset to have. And even if he doesn't fit your roster, there's another team that would be willing to take Tyler Hero. And that's not all they would be getting. I mean, I would have to assume to again be bringing up there's a mystery team that's out there it's well we want martin and we want something else and we want some young guys in draft picks whereas with the bucks you would have the salary to to move close to matching it and then you mentioned marjan bochamp that's about it and and marjan bochamp isn't even a given but when we're talking about young players that have shown something that's all that the bucks have right now you can like what you've seen from the rookies and potentially from Ty Ty Washington, but we haven't seen it in a Bucks uniform yet. So that's what we mean when we say they are very, very uh, strapped in terms of assets and what they can give up and why I just say I don't see this being a fit because that's not going to match regardless of how you view the deal, what Miami can give them and what even, you know, it doesn't make sense timeline-wise, but when you look at other teams, Toronto has young assets they can give up. The Bucks just don't have that. And if you're looking for a major move, I don't think anything happens on the Bucks front until next summer when things start to change quite a bit and it, it increases in the draft picks that you can move and guys that you just signed all of a sudden become expiring contracts as well. Give us your best three-team trades. Uh, I know that's a dangerous request to make uh, to the listeners, but let's see what you got because I do think for the Bucks that's going to be the best avenue. Uh, just the other thing with Milwaukee, and we've seen them make trades, obviously, in season repeatedly in recent years. I think certainly sticking with the core that the Bucks have now, we think they're going to be really good. That's a pretty safe play. But let's also not forget that the Bucks have made a major move in the offseason, and that's bringing in Adrian Griffin. And clearly, if there's something that can be done and you can bring in a guy like Lillard, maybe you do it anyway. But, uh, you know, let's. it would be fun to see how this works out with these guys on this roster under Adrian Griffin and the changes that can be made. I know because maybe it's just familiarity. Maybe Bucks, certain Bucks fans have watched this team for too long. But there does seem to be a negativity around this team that is actually just really damn good. And they have got a new head coach. There is a significant level of uh, freshness to this group when you do bring in someone... Uh, not only just Adrian Griffin, but Terry Stotts and Joe Prunty and everyone else that's changed over there. So they've made a major change. And I, I do think that there would be some optimism within the Bucs camp to, hey, let's give this a go. Let's see how we start the season. Yeah, and I, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I am uh, most looking forward to what this offense looks like because I think you have good individual defenders, number one, and you've already had that that base set and those principles in place they're not going to run the exact same system as bud but but having said all that i don't really have any questions about the individual defenders and what this team is capable of doing on that side i think a lot of the the stuff that that we would gripe about and that you would hear from fans that interact with the show or or on uh, social media wherever is is why the offense looked the way that it did for large portions of games and especially in crunch time and and look Part of that is the personnel that you have that you know we we saw and, and Frank has really detailed this quite a bit. 
from certain spots of the floor, Giannis regressed last year. And maybe you don't have, you certainly don't have a Damian Lillard and, and some of those guys that are really going to excel in the half court. But it still felt like, I don't know if it's low-hanging fruit, but there was opportunities that they maybe didn't take advantage of and, and left out there. So I'm very curious to see how Adrian Griffin changes um, all of that. And that's what I'm most looking forward to this upcoming season. But to your point, it is a big change to, to go from more of a known and consistency with Bud, where again, he set the floor extremely high, that you knew you would always be very good in the regular season. You'd have a very good defense as long as the team was healthy. Uh, and one of those years, you won a championship. But a lot of those years, we're talking about disappointment and falling short of where you thought you should have been. So that is a pretty big change to make, especially with a veteran group that's experienced with that coach to say, okay, we're going to radically change things and go with not only a different coach, but a younger coach and a guy that's had some one-off experience as being the head man, but no true head coaching experience before it's a big change, and it's not like the Bucks just said, well, we, we re-signed Chris, we re-signed Brooke, we're running it back. They made some minor tinkering with the personnel on the team, but that Adrian Griffin move is a huge move, and uh, I think you know this is the first time in, what, five, five years that uh, we're all very much anxiously looking forward <laughs> to the preseason and to see, all right, what can I parse from how this team looks? Because I, I remember Bud's first year, when uh, we've talked about it on this show before, but a lot of the talk was uh, it would be great if the Bucks could be a top four seed and have home court advantage in the first round. And then all of a sudden they start seven and oh, they're the one seed. Um, but in those preseason games too, I remember the amount of threes that they took was so jarring where it was, man, okay, this is going to be different. And I'm not saying it's going to be the same type of extremes, but that's what I'm looking forward to the most is those first couple of preseason games when you notice, okay, this is a lot different from how uh, we did things under Bud, and, and this is kind of a glimpse of what Adrian Griffin's going to do. Well, all the young guys are non-shooters, so that's going to really be a curveball <laughs> this year. The Bucs are going to shoot no threes. But you did talk about the offense, and Terry Stott's obviously coming in. Uh, final note, uh, obviously has a relationship with Dam Damian Lillard. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, but if it's not going to be Milwaukee, and it's not going to be Miami. Who else in the Eastern Conference could it be? I want to ask you that. All right, so if there is a mystery team in the Eastern Conference trying to dip their toes in the Damian Lillard trade waters, uh, who do we think it could potentially be? I think some, uh, or one candidate that I, I think was uh, referenced on Locked On NBA uh, from Matt Moore was the Toronto Raptors, a team that could be there. Uh, we had a podcast a few weeks ago about Pascal Siakam, which, by the way, not well received by our friends in Toronto. Uh, they just said, look, can you watch a little bit more Toronto Raptors basketball? You don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay, fair enough. We'll take the uh, criticism on board. But, you know, Siakam, I don't know if that's a guy that is intriguing for the Portland Trailblazers. I don't really know who else could get involved. Atlanta's always been a team that's just been trying to trade something and try and do some stuff. I would have to look at the assets. And I don't know. Like, is, we spoke about Harden and Lillard. Is there some sort of three-team Clippers scenario where they can get involved there? I'm not really sure. But is there any team, if it's not Toronto, do you look at any team in the Eastern Conference and say, okay, well, that really makes sense? Not really. I mean, Toronto probably has the best 
assets in terms of the young guys that that you could offer up. Um, but again, timeline wise, that doesn't make sense for that team to do it, yeah. especially given what I don't know where they're headed with the last two years. Um, and you mentioned Atlanta too. I mean, that's one that maybe I don't think it's a great fit, but it, it probably made more sense a year ago that now all of a sudden the Hawks have become a team where do they have assets and young guys? Sure. But it's, it's more like they don't really have dollar bills. They just have like four quarters to make things up. And I don't know how appealing that's going to be to, uh, to Portland. So if it's not um, obviously Milwaukee and not Miami, I keep coming back to um, that other team that you mentioned in that we've seen Daryl Morey and his propensity to make those types oh, of boy. deals. It would have to be a three team deal. Um, but the fact that it's been so quiet, and as you mentioned, it, it could get volatile there with Maury and, uh, and Harden. That is what I would put the money on as the wild card of if it's not Miami and if it's unfortunately not the Bucks, where does he end up or how? It's some, tar- pipe, it's some type or part of a three- or four-team, multi-team deal where he goes to Philadelphia and uh, James Harden somehow gets routed to the Clippers. I miss watching basketball games. It's not too far away the preseason, but uh, we also love some trade talk. And this is going to get the people talking. And look, I'm sure until a trade happens, there's going to be Bucks fans that will be on the trade machine. They'll have their ideas. They'll be desperate for the Bucks to get involved in the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. So we're going to see what happens here over the last few weeks. Anything, any final Damian Lillard thoughts before we wrap this thing up. I mean, so I was thinking about this when we were talking about uh, earlier of Damian Lillard's career and everything else and and mentioning Drew just because of what you said at the the top of the show that, you know, you're going to need to make up that money somewhere and you can't make a move with Chris or Brooke Lopez until uh, December. But um, the fact that these Two guys, Drew and Damian Lillard, are basically the exact same age. I think uh, they were born a month apart. And you mentioned uh, Damian Lillard's games played the last two years. He had been an Ironman up until those two years where he missed a significant amount of time with that abdomen injury. And then uh, last year, I think he missed a chunk of games early. And then at the end of the season, it was it was just the uh, shutting him down. So... To me, that's the fascinating part is it's not even the who do you think will age better or their game will age better between Dame or Drew. It's just we keep talking about this team being in this spot of, man, this roster is getting old and you want to keep Giannis, but you also have to infuse some younger talent to say, hey, we have this on the horizon. And uh, look, you would clearly be making an upgrade offensively if let's just say it's basically Drew Holiday and Damian Lillard, no one's going to dispute that. You'd be downgrading pretty massively defensively as well, but you would almost be treading water where you have a guy that has the ability to hit those big shots and fix some of those things we talked about half court offensively. It's just, well, how much are you going to lose defensively? Not just at that position, but everything that Drew Holiday does. And again, the fact that you're not really getting younger, you're staying the same you're adding more money and you're in that same spot then where it's okay. We didn't even buy ourselves an extra year. It's still a two year window that we have to win with this group. I think, and that's why this off season has been so fascinating to see what the bucks do, but then 
you get to next off season, things could get crazy depending on what the Bucks are able to do. Uh, one way you can quieten it all down is go win a title, and then maybe things are settled. And not only are things settled, but maybe the fans and everyone is is more satisfied with what they've seen over this six year period as well. But uh, I don't know. It's just interesting time in the NBA when you we reference the fact that the Bucks are an older team. But the two real biggest names on the trade market are a 35, 36-year-old and a 33-year-old. And we are in an era where players do play, obviously, to an older age. And those two guys can still play at a high level, regardless of what you think about them. So I don't know. I imagine there's going to be some big moves, big trades. They can play at a high level. Uh, but in the case of one of them, they've gone from an A-plus player to to a B-plus, maybe, we think. And also, I think there are some questions about how he will age and his body and his game. And then with Dame and the other guy, who's the 33-year-old that you mentioned, again, he'd been very, very um, dependent and reliable. And again, like an Ironman, that he had only missed a handful of games the first uh, several years that he was in the league until these last two years, but with his size and, and with that core injury and, and the age that you have to say, okay, when is he going to transition more from the guy that's the alpha and the number one scorer to kind of what we saw with James Harden last year, where he's still a good player. He's just not the guy he was with the Houston Rockets. And he doesn't need to be a number one guy at this point in time as well, which I'm sure if he wants to win, I mean, who knows, but I don't really understand what, what's going on. But if he wants to win, uh, it's probably not going to be as the best player on a team at this point in time. There's plenty to discuss about Damian Lillard. It's been a couple of weeks since we did one of these podcasts, and I think with the updates, it made absolute perfect sense to do that. Uh, jump on YouTube, jump in the comments, let us know what you thought about today's show, everything Damian Lillard related. I'm sure there'll be plenty of conversation there, but that's where you get involved in the show. So we appreciate the support. As I said, uh, back tomorrow... Uh, we're talking Knicks. So if you've got any questions for Locked On Knicks, drop them in the YouTube comments as well. Uh, it should be a fun show. Uh, for Justin and myself, we'll leave it there. We'll catch you all tomorrow.